open your Bible up this evening to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 25. Now, as you're turning there, um, when I do Shabbat at home or when I study at home or whatever, and and I'm just going to tell you this because I, I have to, you know, we have new people coming in every week and we have to, we have to, you know, the Bible says we need to be all things to all people so that we don't cause anybody to stumble, right? But number one, because I, I'm, I, I have, I'm Jewish from my mother's side and because of the teaching, when I study and when I do Shabbat, I always wear my kippah. I always wear a yarmulke because it symbolizes the, the covering of God. It symbolizes that when you cover your head to study, you're trusting in God giving you wisdom to get wisdom from God and not wisdom of man. It also symbolizes that the temple is no longer uh, physically around and that you and I are now the temple of God. And, and over the Holy of Holies, which is where, where God's miracles would take place, was an arch over the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies, which was called a kippot. And that's why, um, uh, you know, in Yiddish, this is called a yarmulke. In Hebrew, it's called a kippah. And it reminds us that we are now the Holy of Holies. We are where God wants to do his miracles. And so I don't usually wear it in public or in the church because I don't want to throw anybody and new people come in and they go, what is this all about? But because of what tonight is, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's suggested to me very strongly by the word of God that I should wear it. And so um, I'm not saying anybody else has to wear a keeper or anything. You don't have to do anything. All, we are saved by grace. Amen. But in this teaching tonight, because it's so special, you won't mind if I wear it publicly. Amen? Okay. And so, and so um, because, I, you know, uh, I want, when, when we have visitors come, I want them to stay. And I don't want people to come in and go, what the heck is that all about in there, you know? And, uh, and so um, we need to be all things, all people. But tonight is a very, very special Shabbat. We're going into very, very special time on God's calendar. Now, why is, why is tonight a, uh, a, a special Shabbat? Because tonight is the Shabbat in which um, precedes where we're going this weekend into Purim. Purim, in, in case anybody's new here, Purim is the the celebration of the story from the book of Esther. And we're going to talk about this uh, Sunday. Why is that so special? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Purim is the, is the teaching in where it's the only book in the Bible that does not mention the name of God. And it's a story, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it in the end of this teaching. It's a story where the children of God's situation was absolutely impossible. They were going to die. The enemy was going to wipe them out. The enemy was going to destroy them. And nowhere is God felt. Nowhere is God seen. Nowhere is God talked about. And yet, 
God was working behind the scene when it looked impossible. It's called in English, the the English translation of that is the hidden hand of God or the hidden face of God. And in a moment of time, no matter what the situation was, God turned their story upside down. And so God, God is, is, tells us to remember this story, that God will turn your story. Say, it, but pastor, it feels impossible. God will turn your story, our stories, our situations, he'll turn them upside down in a moment of time. So this, this Shabbat is called in Hebrew, Zakor Shabbat, which means, people are writing it down, Z-A-K-H-O-R, Zakor Shabbat, which is the Shabbat of remembrance. Everybody say remember. Unless we understand the Old Testament, the Torah, we don't ever fully under, understand what Jesus is teaching, what Paul is teaching in the New Testament. Now, look at me a second. It's so important that we understand this. If we don't understand what, what the church calls the Old Testament, and it was never labeled the Old Testament, that's a, that's a Christian thing or religious thing that came up 325 years after Jesus. There was never a division between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It was never labeled that during, with Jesus and the apostles and everything. Do you understand that? That came up 325 years when the Gentiles said, let's separate the, the, the Christians from the Old Testament. We'll call that the Old Testament, and we have a New Testament. Number one, it's the same testament. It's the same teaching. Jesus didn't teach anything new, right? Okay, say, well, but we have a better covenant. The only reason it's a better covenant is because Jesus paid in full and so he could write the the teachings of God not on stone but in our heart so they could finally come alive to not only Jews but to all the Gentiles. And because of Jesus, we've been grafted into the blessings of Israel and the blessings of Abraham right? Okay. Now, now listen to what I'm teaching you here. This week we go into Purim, the hidden hand of God, where God will, if you and I hear what I'm teaching tonight, if we hear and understand and, and do what God tells us, if, everybody say if, if we do what God tells us to do, he'll turn our story upside down. And so this is called the, the Zakor Shabbat, the Sabbath of remembrance. And God tells us continually to remember. Now, uh, where I was going with this before was we can't understand what Jesus was saying if we don't, un- if we read the Bible with a Gentile mind or a American mind or a Roman mind, we can't understand what Jewish Jesus was saying. The word remember in, in Hebrew is a very, very, very powerful word. In, in the Old Testament, the word Hebrew or the word remember is used just in the Old Testament 
169 times. And the reason why it's used is because it's, it's, it's at one level, don't forget. Why don't forget? Don't forget because if you forget, history is going to repeat itself. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. 99.99999% of the Christian church world do not remember the Sabbath And so, therefore, they don't keep it holy because the Sabbath is not Sunday. The Sabbath is from now until Saturday night. So why does God say remember it? We remember it, first off, on on a very elementary level, we remember it so we don't repeat the mistakes that the people before us repeated so we don't get in trouble. Amen? That's a God thing. Have you ever touched a hot stove? Do you remember what it feels like? Why? So you don't do it again. The second thing of remember means to, to not only for yourself, but for your children, is to teach them the miracle. People forgot God. They called back to God. God gave them a miracle. So God says, remember this. Remember what happened. So what? number one, you don't do it again. Your children don't do it again. And number two, so that if you need a miracle, remember what God did before. And God is no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if God through one person, uh, Esther, and, or two people, Mordecai, if God would use one or two people to turn the world upside down, God will use you to turn your world and our world upside down. Amen? Amen. But the third thing in the Hebrew re- re- understanding of remember is don't just mentally remember, but remember so that you can take this and put it into action. Let me, give you, let me give you a great example. Jesus is sitting with his disciples at Passover. It's what the church, the church stopped calling it Passover and started calling it what? The Last Supper. It's, it, it was never called the Last Supper. Jesus is having Passover. He's celebrating Passover. Lord, where do you want us to prepare Passover for you? That's what our scriptures say. But we has, as Christians have forgotten that, and so therefore we can't teach it and we repeat it. But God says, when you remember, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. A lot of people just sip the the juice and eat the cracker, but they are not biblically remembering what God did. And if we're not remembering what Jesus did, then we're not allowing that to happen for us Now, this is all going to make sense in a minute, and therefore, we're not causing that to happen for somebody else. So we are, when we, Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance. 
Don't just be religious. Don't just drink some wine and eat a, eat, eat a cracker. Let what God did in you take action that you would go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Remember is not something we're just doing in our head. It's something that, that overtakes our life and our actions. Are you with me so far? So this Shabbat is Zachor Shabbat, which is the Sabbath of remembrance, so that we will not just go through this as any other time, but we will, we will allow God to do something special in us that will not only sit on us, but carry into our family and everybody around us. Now, I'm going to show you. This will all make sense, but did you, did, you, did you hear what I just said? This tonight is a preparation that if we'll yield our hearts to this, what I'm going to teach you, then, then, come, come Sunday, God can then move. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then God always has your, our part and his part. If, then. Have you got it? If we hear what God is saying in this special Shabbat, then, come Purim, God will turn your story upside down. Now, I'm going to say this, and I never, I don't say, I, you never say anything negative on the Sabbath, so this is not a negative, this is a, uh, a prompting. God forbid, when God has the miracle to turn somebody's story upside down, they don't get to get it because they haven't heard what God is saying on this Shabbat. Okay? Now, there is a word, let me, let me spell it out for you because I see so many people taking notes. It's called, it's called in Hebrew, haftarah, and it means a special reading, H-A-F, haftarah, H-A-F-T-A-R-A-H. And in Hebrew, it means a special reading. Deuteronomy 25 is a haftarah. It's a special reading. Now, now. You're getting more Bible than most people get in a lifetime. On Shabbat, we are given the Torah portion to read. On Shabbat, there is a specific portion of the five books of Moses that every every Shabbat you're to study. But on the special Shabbat, God gives us a Haftarah, a special reading that coincides with the Torah portion. The Torah portion for this Sabbath is um, Exodus 27. I think it's Exodus 27, 20 down to Exodus 30, 10. And we'll get to that in a minute because it is, it is, it is what conditions us so God can turn our story upside down this week. Well, you got to realize that what the rabbis have said, that those who hear what God is saying this year Either the Messiah will come back, or if he doesn't come back, God will begin the blessing that will never stop. What we're teaching here is not the same old, same old. What we're teaching is going to prepare the world for the Messiah. But what that means is, is God is going, those who have ears to hear, God is going to bless you so much 
and turn your story upside down and open the windows of heaven, but this time those windows won't close. This is a special Shabbat, okay? So the Haftarah, the Torah portion this week is Exodus. We're going to get into that. But on these special Shabbats, God gives us another teaching because he is saying something special that goes along with it. The special, the, the Haftarah, the special teaching, I guarantee you there's no church in the world teaching what you're hearing right now. This, this and the Torah portion will prepare you so God can turn your story upside down. Are you ready? All right, read with me in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17. This is the Haftarah. This is the, this is the special reading. Verse 17. Remember Amalek. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt and how he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary and he did not fear God. Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you, everybody say me, me. rest. Say rest. rest. Now look at me. Purim starts in two days. When God has given you rest from your, all, of your, all of your enemies by turning your story upside down, don't forget. Remember. Now look at me. Not every problem we face is because of something we did. But most of the problems we get into is because somewhere along the line we started growing lukewarm and we forgot about God. Not every time. You know, people don't get cancer because of this or that. You know, that's a, that's a false teaching. But a lot of times when we're in trouble... We cry out to God. This is what God is saying to Israel, is saying to us. How many know it's true? You know, the, 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 the foreclosure comes, the, uh, the uh, uh, jail cell closes, the, the, the police show up, or whatever it is. Oh, God, God, help me. God goes, all right, I'll help you, but don't, I won't, God, I won't. But then things start getting good. And we've, we, all of a sudden, we're making too much money to tithe. And, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not doing our marriage the way we ought to. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? And we start, well, all of a sudden, well, where's so-and-so? You know, I mean, when you're in need, <laughs> front row. Now, now, you know, they're not showing up so much because, you know, we don't need God so much. Now, I know this didn't relate to any of us. This is so you can help the other religious people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, look at, look at verse 19. There shall, there, therefore it shall be when your Lord has given you rest from, has given me rest from all my enemies. You know, when I needed a miracle every day, this last five and a half years, needed, we needed a financial miracle every day. 
I'm telling you, I'm up, I, put, I, 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 I press the coffee button, I go in and put my tallit on, I go in bed, and I'm in that room praying before the sun goes up. But you know, now that God's answered it, I better not stop praying. Lest God has to get my attention again. God, if you get me out of this, I, I promise. How many don't want to go through another seven years? Now, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is preparation tonight. Is that special Shabbat, the Shabbat of remember. Okay. If you got a, a, a loved one in jail, they're not in jail because of the devil. Pastor, pray for my kids, the devil. No, the devil didn't make them, the devil didn't put them in jail. They're in jail because they forgot to serve God and started smoking dope. Now, God will get them out if we remember. And once you're out, don't forget. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I believe. There's a line being drawn spiritually. And there are those who are going to go into seven years of fat. But there also are going to be those who are going to go to seven years of famine. All of us are going into fat. Say amen. All right. Now look what it says. Verse 19. Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God, I'm going to read for me, and you read this way, has, has given me rest from my enemies all around in the land which the Lord your God is giving, say say it with me, to possess an inheritance that you will not blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, you shall not forget. Now this is the haftarah, this is the added speaking. So what's he saying? When Israel, now we're going from Purim, into Passover. When Israel came out of Egypt, they came out with all the gold and all the silver. They came out blessed. They came out the head and not the tail. But there were some uh, evidently who got weak. Now, we don't know exactly why they got weak, but they got weak. And so God is saying to his people, remember Amalek? That while you're all running around praising God, there are some that aren't as strong as you, and that God did not deliver you just for you. He delivered you so you could go back and protect those who are weak and help them. Now, now this is really important, and I'm saying this. You know, I'm giving you... uh, weeks and weeks of understanding in in a short time and i'm trying to say this simple god sunday wants to turn your story upside down the prophecy is is once he does this if we hear what god is saying we're never going to be weak again it's the latter rain it's the signs the wonders the miracles but god is saying i know whether or not while you're all blessed, 
you'll forget that I didn't bless you just for you. I blessed you to be a blessing and take care of those who are weak. In Hebrew, it literally says to take care of those who do not know the Torah or who do not know God. Are you with me? All right, now, now he said, the last thing he says is, you shall not forget. Now, it's interesting. Why is it that God gives us this haftarah, this added special reading on the Shabbat of remembrance, Sakor Shabbat, the Shabbat of remembrance on the Shabbat before Purim? Because Purim is the story of God turning the people upside, the people's, the, the Jewish people's lives upside down. But the rabbis teach and the Talmud teaches that we need to forget most of the Jews weren't serving God. But, Haim, uh, but uh, Mordecai, Esther's, Esther's uncle, didn't say, well, they don't know God. They don't know God. Esther, let's ju- Esther you're the queen. Let's just take care of me and you. He said, we are responsible, and you're going to see some neat stuff here in a minute. We are responsible not only for ourselves, but we are responsible for everybody else, even if they're a long way from God, to save them from Haman. Haman, Haman was the ancestor to the king of the Amaleks. Now the teaching is, why do we remember? The rabbinical teaching is, is because if you forget, there is always another Amalek that will rise up and try to destroy the children of God. Now you look at the Jewish people, there has always been, there has always been an Iran. There has always been a Palestine. There has always been a Hitler. There has always been uh, 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 the, the king and the Catholic Church of Spain. Since the beginning of time, there has always been another Amalek rise up to destroy the nation of Israel. You say, well, pastor, how does that relate to us? You also, because of Jesus, are a child of God. And if you forget the pit from which you and I were dug, then there will again rise up another Amalek to try to destroy me and try to destroy you. And God wants to spare us from this so that when, so now when, we, when, when this week he turns your story upside down, make sure you don't get lukewarm. Make sure you don't get complacent. Make sure you don't forget God. And make sure you don't forget God has set you free so that you can go into all the world and bring the rest of the world back to God. Right? Mal, uh, Matthew chapter 5 and... and, and, and Matthew chapter 5, we all know this. Jesus is speaking to people and he said, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. If you stop being the salt, people will walk on you. If you stop being the light of the world, what good are you? When Jesus was speaking, he was speaking to the Jewish people. He wasn't speaking to the church. There was no church in Matthew 5 
The church didn't come until Jesus rose again from the, from the grave. So Jesus is saying to the Jewish children of God, you're the salt of the earth. If you stop being the salt, then the world is going to walk on you. They're going to trample you. You're the light of the world. Don't stop being the light or it's, you're good for nothing. And so now that you and I are grafted into that, those words come to us. Remember, I have set you free, not just to set you free, but that you would give me all the praise and all the glory and you will be the light of the world. Leviticus chapter 6, look at verse 12. This is the second haftarah. Verse 12. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, and it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it, and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings A perpetual fire shall burn on the altar. It shall never go out. Now, as you go back and read this in Hebrew, everything God does is two ways. What does he do? Physical and spiritual. Earthly and heavenly. So as God is telling the high priest, and and what we need to remember is now because of Jesus... And there is no physical temple. You and I are a nation of priests. So what God is saying to the priesthood and about the tabernacle or the temple, God is saying it about us. And, and there's, there, there's too much to give you. But in, in, in Hebrew, it says when God talks about the past temple and God talks about the future temple, he's really talking about us today. And so when God says, when God teaches here in this, in this special reading along with the Torah portion, he says the priest, who's the priest? We are, say, say I am. The priest is to bring a, a or to build a, a fire of worship or sacrifice and that fire is to burn 24 hours a day and never go out. The word in in Hebrew for fire is the word, as you would read this in Hebrew, is the word mokda. Mokda. But here's an interesting thing. This is why it's so wonderful to study. In Hebrew, the word mokda, even though it's talking about a sacrificial fire unto God, it's with a small mem or a small m. M-O-K-D-A-H, Mokda. But even though it's relating, because every time you see God or you see Jesus, it's a capital. But in Hebrew, this fire is not a capital Mokda. It's a small mem, a small M. And the ancient rabbinical teaching is, is God doesn't want this fire just to be seen when you're in a group of people. Now think about this. This is ancient teachings. He said, I don't want this fire just in a crowd where you're all just falling down and, and, and acting crazy. He said, I want this fire, small mukda, ma'am. I want this fire inside of you. Then this is a rabbinical teaching. 
So even the rabbis, even the Jews faced what he said, I don't want you just doing it. Ah, I want you to be, if, if you're going to jump and sing and dance in front of everybody, I want you to be able to do that at home. If you're praising God and doing it, because sometimes we do these things to be seen by men. And God said, we then have our reward. So he said, I want this fire, but I don't want it just to be a fire when you're in a group. I want the fire of God in you, and that fire must never go out. Now watch this. There is, in Hebrew, there is no word for what? Coincidence. So why is God teaching, I want this fire in you? Why is God teaching it to us now? on the Shabbat of remembrance going into Purim in the month of Adar. Because God says, I, ha- I am doing, the miracle that I'm doing for you right now is so big that you cannot imagine it. So the only way you can enter into that is what? Through joy and laughter. But he said, And so he's saying is is this fire, this joy, this zeal, because of what you know God is doing, even though you can't maybe see it or feel it, you know God is doing it. If you let the enemy steal your joy, he puts the fire out, he puts the mokda out, and therefore God cannot turn your story upside down. So the enemy is going to come in and try during the month of Adar, he's going to try to steal your joy. He's going to try to put water on your fire. But you have to say, I refuse to let this fire go out. I'm not just, I'm not just going to act like I'm on fire when I'm around pastor. When I go home, I'm going, to act, I'm going to be on fire because I know God will turn my story upside down. So, so the enemy will try to bring you bad news or try to get somebody to offend you or somebody get to hurt your feelings. Why? Because if you allow the fire to go out, then he cannot turn your story upside down next week. Say this out loud. The devil doesn't get my joy. He'll bring somebody at work to hurt your feelings. He'll, bring, he'll, he'll get somebody to offend you. He'll, 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 he'll bring you a, a, some kind of bad news. But God said, you've got to have that fire burning and never let it go out. Why? Why? It's, there's no Hebrew word for coincidence. That's why this is not a coincidence that on this Shabbat, this, 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 this Sabbath of remembrance, you're rem, we, are, we are commanded, I'm commanded to teach you the story of Esther. On Sunday, I'm commanded to teach it. Why? Because if God did that for Esther, will he not do it? And will the latter rain not be greater than the former? So there's no one can stop this for you except me, you. So you cannot let the joy of the Lord is what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. November, December, but especially on these appointed time, this appointed time of Adar, you cannot let that fire, that mokda. Everybody say mokda. Say, I'm going to teach you to speak Hebrew. You got to learn to speak Hebrew. Otherwise, when you get to the wedding supper of the lamb, you're going to order pork chops or something. And, uh, 
It'll be all embarrassing and everything. All right. So number one is we've got remember, remember, if you let the enemy steal your joy, Amalek will rise again. Amalek will rise up again. You know, Israel could have got through the desert in 20 days or in 40 days, but it took them four. How many are tired of going around the same mountain? In Dallas, we call this a clue. This is a special teaching. So we've got, we've got the, the Zakhor Shabbat. We have the Shabbat of remembrance. Remember what? Remember that if, if you allow the enemy to weaken you, that Amalek will rise up and pick you off. He'll pick you off. We need to remember that even though I'm, I'm out of bondage, I'm not out of bondage just for me. I'm out of bondage so that I can motivate others and encourage others to get out of bondage. No fun growing in the promise. Hey, we're in. Where is everybody? We want to all go in together. Right? All right. So, so we've, got, we've got Deuteronomy 25. Remember Amalek and, and, and Mordecai and Esther weren't just in it for themselves. And, and look at me here. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me throw this in for you. What did Mordecai say to Esther? If you don't do it, God's going to raise somebody else up. There's a, there, there are miracle blessings waiting for you and me. And in this time, God's going to make sure they're released. And if I don't do it, he'll give my blessing to somebody else. Go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 27. Now, I, 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 I encourage you to go home and read all the Torah portion. It's the Torah portion for this week, I, I believe, I don't have it written down, is Exodus 27, 20 to um, Exodus 30, 10, I, I believe. I believe that's correct. But I just want to read a portion of this because this will really tie everything together, preparing you and I for, for Purim. Okay. Exodus chapter 27, verse 20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring pure oil of pressed olives for the light. Now the light, the light that, and I had him bring it down. Look at me a second. The light that God is talking about here is the menorah. The menorah is the, is the it represents the seven spirits of God or the seven anointings of God that God had burning in the temple. Read with me uh, verse 20 again. You shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually, this, the anointing of God. We are, we're baptized with the spirit of God, not just so we go, but blah, 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 blah. Or fall down. That's, that, that's, that's not why we're anointed. We're anointed with the Holy Spirit of God so that God can manifest everything that Jesus shed his blood for in our lives, anoint us, and give us wisdom and knowledge, and tell us even the things to come. What would Wall Street have paid... 
about six months ago to have the wisdom of God and know the things to come. Are you listening to what I'm saying? All right, now let's look at this. Verse 21. In the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening. I'm going to go through this kind of quick so I can get to this. Evening until morning before the Lord, and it shall be a statue forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. Now let me just throw this in. Look what it says here again. And Aaron and his sons, these are the priests. Who's the priest now? We are. We are. Okay, so look at Aaron and his sons, which is, which is us, shall tend it evening until morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. The Holy Spirit, Jesus commanded the first church, do not leave until you get the Holy Spirit. We have, as the church, turned the Holy Spirit into a gimmick. We've turned the Holy Spirit. Well, they're not really touched unless they fall down. And you and I know that 99.9% of the times we fall down, it's a courtesy flop. Now, I have been slain in the Spirit for real. But I refuse to just fall down when somebody prays for me now. If God knocks me down, so be it. If God knocks me down, I don't need a catcher. If God brought me out of the balcony, I wouldn't need a catcher. If God did it, if God wants to knock us down, let him knock us down. But if God don't knock you down, falling down is not a sign of the Holy Spirit. The sign of the Holy Spirit is, is that anointing of God that will, that will cause us to be the high priest. And God says here that it is to be a statute forever. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw this out. The church, even the charismatic church or the Pentecostal church, has thrown the Holy Spirit out. They've thrown the Holy Spirit out. Well, we don't want to speak in tongues, and we don't want to do that because we want to be visitor-friendly. And, and I've thought about this myself. You know, we don't lift up our hands and go, but my Bible says that Jesus commanded them, don't you leave until you get the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't believe you have to speak in tongues to have the Holy Spirit. But I don't believe also there's anything wrong with speaking in tongues because my Bible says I'm to pray with the understanding and with the Spirit. Lord, I need a breakthrough on my finances. And Lord, I I bind the devil. I know this much, but the Spirit of all truth knows everything. Why not pray in the understanding, which is this much, and the Holy Spirit, which is beyond our understanding? Now, I don't believe we ought to be cares maniacs. And, and the nutcase stuff does more damage to the Holy Spirit than, than anything. But at the same time, this teaching here that we're here right now, is God, and you're going to understand this in a minute, is God is saying, I want my people filled with my Spirit every day 24 hours a day and don't and we are leaky vessels so you got to keep refilling yourself and the way you keep refilling yourself is praying in the spirit are you okay all right now watch this will all make sense verse uh chapter 28 verse 1 
Now take Aaron and your brothers and his sons with you from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priests, Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abuhu, Eleazar, that other guy. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for the glory and for the beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to sanctify him, that he may minister me as a priest. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, a sash, so they shall make holy garments for Aaron and your brother and his sons, that he may minister to me as a priest. All right. Now, then it goes on for all the way to to, um, Exodus chapter 30. In a nutshell, what this means is two things that this Torah portion is speaking to us. Number one, the menorah represents the fire of God, the anointing of God. And what he's saying to us is whether you're building a church or you're building a business or you're building a marriage or you're building a family, you cannot do it without the anointing of God. And everybody knows it. But how many men wait to come to church until their wife's leaving them? Or how many people wait to come to church until they get a bad report from the, from the doctor? Listen to what God is saying to all of us and what we need to take for ourselves and teach to others. You cannot, you cannot. You know, when, when I first went on television, I, I thought I was something. You know, and, and there's, a, there's a way that you, you, you kind of thought you had to act when you're on TV. You know, the, the crowd. Don't touch the anointing. Now, I never got that bad. But I did think, man, I'm something. And so God let me teach for about a month without him. Yeah, oh, Yeah. And how many know it's disastrous? I, 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 I remember that period. God said, how you doing? How's that working for you? You can't do it. I mean, you, you, you can read a sermon. You know, you, you can go to the internet and get a sermon. But without the anointing, you can't have a message. You, you, can, get a, you, can, get a, you can get an email from the, from the head office and everybody's to teach this sermon. And you can teach it and it's, it's truth because it's in the word of God, but it's not rhema because it's, it's not a message. A sermon's not a message. You can only have a message when you're anointed. And so, so we can either build, a, a, I can either build a church the world's way, but when the, when the storm hits, if it's built on the sand, it's going to fall. Are you in agreement? To say, so I have, if I'm going to build, I can gather a crowd and do it the world's way, but that's on the sand. It, it's faster, but it's not solid. But if I build it on the rock, which is the word of God, then it'll last. The only way I can do that is the anointing. Are you in agreement? Amen. Same thing with you, whether it's a business or a family or a marriage or whatever. How many, how many mothers know you got to be anointed to raise children? You know, I've been in this thing for 30, I've been, I've been a pastor for 32, 33 years, and I always have people say, you know, we're going to have babies as soon as we're ready. 
You ain't never ready till you have them, are you, folks? There is no book. There is no book that can tell you how to do it. But God's anointing will lead you and guide you. Building a business. So here's what God is saying is, first off, the fire of God. Here, here, understand, God this week wants to turn your story upside down. But we have to remember not to do what we did to get in trouble. We have to not let anybody steal our joy from now on. I refuse to let anybody steal my joy. You know, you know, the other day somebody broke into my barn and stole my trailer, actually stole, all, stole my four-wheelers, stole my compressor, stole my welder, and then used my trailer to haul it off. Now, that stuff can be replaced. I, I, I have to admit, though, for a moment, I did feel like laying hands on them. Several times. And plead the blood. Somebody may, without my permission, your permission, steal your stuff. But only you can give somebody permission to steal your joy. Only you can do it. Tiz says it all the time. You're as happy right now as you decide to be. So you can't let anybody steal your joy. Then you've got to be filled with the anointing. Because it's going to take the anointing. Listen, God will not make you rich and keep you stupid. Because if he makes you rich and you stay stupid, somebody else is going to get your money. So you need to ask God every day for the anointing. You need to ask him for the anointing. You need to cover your children with the anointing. When they go to school, you need to ask for the anointing. We're leaky vessels. We got to go, we got to go to the filling station every day. Don't just pray when you're in trouble. Stay filled with the anointing so we won't get in trouble. Is this making sense? This is the appointed teaching. And then the other one, then we get into the priest's clothing. And the, 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 the anointing is to remember our dependency on God. To remember our dependency on God. The clothing, and I have to go through this quick, the clothing is that now that when God turns your story upside down, the clothing is to remind you that you are blessed to bless the people who don't know God. And, and I, I won't get into it, but on, uh, just a little bit. On, he's, if you look at they describe all the different clothing. And on his shoulder, they had, they had six of the tribes of Israel. On the other shoulder, they had six of the tribes of Israel. And then from, from these, these on their shoulder, he had a gold chain that connected them. And from the gold chain, he had the breastplate of righteousness or the breastplate of judgment. And it had 12 stones representing all of the 12 tribes of Israel. And that was to remind the priest that the weight of telling all the world was on his shoulder, telling all the world the reason why God made him a priest, the reason why God anointed him, the reason why God anoints us to teach or anoints us to make money or anoints us to be married or anoints us to raise kids is because the weight of the world 
is on our shoulders. We are the light of the world. The reason why we're anointed is not to hide our light and say, I got mine, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the lid. The reason why you've got the light of God and the anointing and the favor is to take that light into the darkness and all the world will call you blessed. Return unto me and I'll return unto you. Sometimes returning is not just doing our tithe and the first fruit. Sometimes it's our attitude. It's the reason. Return to me. In what way we return? Why? Because we have a mission to go into the world of darkness and turn it into light. That's why we are anointed. Are you getting this? Now, can I get... go? Ten more minutes and get a little deeper because it gets even it gets gooder and gooder. Go with me to Exodus chapter 28. We were there in, we were there in verse 33. Now don't read it yet. Don't read it yet. Just turn there. The anointing is the power of God to bring his blessing and his wisdom into our lives. But the garments is to remind us as we're anointed. Now, this is the priest, but this is all of us. The the garment is to remind us we're not anointed because we're slick. As a matter of fact, I really believe the more God blesses us, he's choosing the foolish to what? Confound the wise. But what happens? We're begging God. God, please. Oh, please. All of a sudden, God, God gets us out and we go, yeah, when I first built my business. When, when who built that business? Yeah, when, I, when, I, when, when, when God gave me the gift of miracles. Who's got the gift of miracles? You and I don't have enough power in ourselves to blow the fuzz off a peach. We must depend on the anointing. And we must realize the reason why we're anointed to make money, to teach the Word of God, to build a ministry, to play a piano, to sing. You know, you know I look at these guys playing... And, you know, they go, well, you know, they've been practicing for, for, for 20 years. I could practice for 80 years and never play like that. It's a gift. A gift is something we haven't paid for. It's something we haven't earned. It's something we haven't, we haven't, we, it's not owed to us. It's a gift. Right? And so that anointing is on us to bless us. It's a gift, but not only to bless us, that we remember. People say, why are you so blessed? Well, you know, I've studied for years. When, when Moses spoke to that rock, he didn't go to a conference on rock speaking to him. Can I tell you something? You can't learn to do what God wants to teach us. He'll he'll lead us and he'll guide us and he'll teach us. And so when when the priest came in, you know, pride comes before what? 
and a haughty spirit before. So, so let's, 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 let's pick on the pastors. So all of a sudden, pastors start feeling. Can't, no, can't, can't touch the pastor. Can't talk to the pastor. The pastor's forgotten why he's been anointed. And once he forgets, then you begin to fake the anointing. So the priest, to remember, was anointed by God. And so that he would remember, God put the weight of the world on him. So when he was ministering for God, he would never feel the presence of God without the weight of all the rest of the world that needed to know God. Are you with me? So he gave him the breastplate and he gave him, and we won't, you can go home and read And every one of these things has deep meaning. But look at the, look at this last thing in Exodus 28 verse, uh, verse 33. And upon its hem, you shall make pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarn all around its hem and bells of gold between them all around. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe all around. And it shall be upon Aaron when he ministers and its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out that he may not die. Now, we've always heard this teaching that the high priest would go in on Yom Kippur to the Holy of Holies and he would, in the Holy of Holies is where the supernatural power of God was. And they put, we've, I've, I've heard this for 30-something years. You, you've heard the story of the bells? And they put the bells around them so that while he's in there ministering, they can hear the jingling. And then the, 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 the story is that, that, that so many of them would end up dead because something was unclean. And so nobody else could, the next high priest could not go in until the following year. So that body would be in there for a year. So they started putting a rope around him so that while he's ministering in the anointing of God, the bells are jingling. As soon as the bells are stopped jingling and there's a thud, (laughs) they drag the dead body out. And we've always heard the bells, they do that because somehow he went in unclean. And I don't know about you, but I always thought, well, that meant he was committing adultery or that meant he was, uh, uh, you know, smoking dope or something, you know. And so he went in there unclean and he dropped over dead. And, and that's true. You know, if you're committing adultery, whatever you're trying to do is going to die. But as you study it, it, it's much deeper than that. We've always heard about the bells, but I never heard anybody teach about the pomegranate. This is a pomegranate. And so 
the instructions so that they would not forget why they were anointed, God, the whole thing about the menorah was the dependency on God's anointing. The whole thing about the priest's garments was to remind you, you're not in this for yourself, you're in this to change the world. The people. The people, right? And so the breastplate, the, the singlets on the shoulders, the, the, all the stuff. And the last thing was the bells and the pomegranate. Well, what does that mean? Well, the, the bells was to remind not those outside, but the priest. The bells constantly ringing as he's in the anointing of God, that constant ringing was God's siren to him. You're not anointed because of you. You're anointed because I picked you and you said yes to help the rest of the world. Now watch this. And the, 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 the Talmud teaching is that if you, if you don't forget the week, when God, Porim, turns your story upside down, don't go back into Egypt. Don't go running ahead and, well, you know, I don't need God anymore. Don't, and don't forget the people. Right? And while you're being blessed and you're under that anointing, hear the jingling of the bells. And if you do, then what you thought was blessing is nothing compared. Now, remember what what it is in Adar? The miracle that I'm doing for you is so much greater than anything you can imagine that the only way you can enter into that is joy. And so as the priest would hear, the reason why he would drop over dead was not, most of the time, not because he was committing adultery, is because he got lifted up in pride and forgot why he was anointed. The bells were to remind him, not those out there, the bells were to remind him, listen, there's no anointing in you. The anointing is because of me. And the anointing on you is so that you can serve the people of God and especially the people that don't know God. You're the light of the world. I've given you the menorah, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. What good is it if you forget? And if you remember, you think you're blessed now? Literally, the pomegranate, God says, I will bless you as the seeds in a pomegranate. Now, through tradition, and we're going to go up there. Now, we're going to go up there and count them. Supposedly, by tradition, a perfect pomegranate has 613 seeds. Now, Tiz ate one. I think she ate the one that says, obey your husband. But the pomegranate, the only thing in a pomegranate you can eat is the seeds. It's the only fruit that you don't throw the seeds away. You eat the seeds. Watermelon, you throw the seeds away. Peach, you throw the seeds away. Apples, you throw the seeds away. But a pomegranate, God says, if you remember, 
I'm the one who turned your story upside down. If you remember, I blessed you. And, and, but don't forget that there's an Amalek that wants to get you, but there's an Amalek going after your brothers and sisters, and you need to go back and protect them now that you're strong. And don't forget the reason why you're anointed is not because you're some slick teacher or some slick businessman or some slick businesswoman because Wall Street was full of slick businessmen and slick businesswomen that forgot the Lord their God. But if you remember him, you think you're blessed now? I'm about to release you the blessing like seeds in a pomegranate. Oh, somebody ought to give him a clap offering. Isn't that cool? Nobody's taught us that. I think we ought to get bells on everybody. Because I don't want to go back, do you? Now, can I give you one more thing? One more thing. Go with me to Exodus chapter 30, verse 1. This is the end of this Torah portion, and it's, and it's quite fascinating. Exodus chapter 30, verse 1. You shall make an altar of burned incense. You shall make an altar to burn incense on it. You shall make it of acacia wood. Acacia wood. A cubit uh, shall it be in length and a cubit in width. And it shall be a square, and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. And you shall overlay its top, its sides all around, its horns, its pure gold. And you shall make for it a molding of gold all around. Two gold rings you shall make for it under the molding on both sides. You shall place them on its two sides, and then they will be holders for the poles in which you are to bear it. That's the carry of the anointing. Because no one's supposed to touch the anointing, right? Okay. You know, we always said, oh, t- don't touch the anointing. That's true on you. Don't mess with the anointing. Don't don't be don't be putting it in in your hands. Okay, that is that is that is holy unto God. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold, and you shall put it before the veil, before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony. And I don't have time to teach about the testimony, but the testimonies are flowing in, and your testimony is coming. Don't touch the testimony, amen? They overcame him by the, wor- by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, okay? God wants to bless you for your testimony. and his- He loves you, but he also wants to bless you so that others can hear your testimony. All right, and where I will meet you. And Aaron shall burn it on the sweet incense every morning when he tends the lambs, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord. That's your prayers throughout your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it or a bird offering or a meal offering, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin. This is uh, Yom Kippur offering of the atonement once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations it is most holy unto the lord okay the the torah portion before this week was god building the house of god the next torah portion was what we were to put in the the house of god the the everything that's that's in it the the all all, all of all of it you see in there then the next portion was light the menorah. Then the next portion was be dressed as a high priest, remembering the people. So here you have the rabbis ask a question. The first part is building the house of God. The second part is filling the house of God. The third part is lighting the anointing of God in the house of God. 
The fourth part is how you are to remember it's God who gives us the anointing and we're here for the people. And then all of a sudden, after all of this, God comes back to this last portion going into Purim and he says, now here's how you build the altar. And the sages went before God and said, God, shouldn't we have learned how to build the altar when we were building the house of God? Shouldn't we have learned how to build the altar when we were filling the house of God? And then you went into the anointing, and then you go into what, we, what you know, uh, uh, the burden of the world on us and, and, and the, the, the light of the world. Why did God go then back and build the altar? And God said to the sages, because the altar expresses the purpose of everything I've taught you so far. Now listen to this. Because when you go before the altar of God, it's when God meets with you personally. And he said, that is the most important. I want you to gather together. I want you to clap together. I want you to celebrate together. I want you to do Shabbat together. I want you to do all this. But I didn't do it because I want a crowd. I did all this. Because I love you. And I never want you to forget, no matter how many friends you have and how big your congregation becomes and how big your family comes and how busy you become, never forget the reason I did all of this is I wanted to have time with you. The altar is where God speaks to us personally. He loves us personally. I can remember when I first got saved, we used to come to the altar a lot. I don't know if you all remember those days. I don't know if you remember, but when I got saved, God would speak to the crowd. But then there was a time called altar call time. And people get saved, but the time that I'd come and I'd speak to God about what was spoken to me. That's what changed me. It wasn't the sermon. The word killeth, but the spirit gives life. And God is reminding us, I, I want to turn your story upside down. But when I do, will you still spend time with me? Because I have more blessings for you. You know, 613 seeds in a pomegranate. There's 613 commandments of God. Every commandment has 70 blessings with it. We were talking last night. Not every, all 613 commandments pertain to us because we're not all uh, Kohans. We're not all living in Israel. So let's say 300 of the teachings belong to us. 300 of God's teachings multiplied by seven, multiplied by 70 taken to seven different levels. That's a whole lot of blessing. I think it's called the latter rain, and I want us to be a part of it. Can I have an amen? Would you give the Lord a clap offering? Amen.